Hello and welcome back to Breaking, Breaking the, the Fourth Wall. With your host, Joel Montague and... Martin McCutcheon. <laughs> it is the wonderful Nadine Craig. So, um, on our last episode, Nadine asked me a question, so it's my time to ask... Oh my god, he's gonna be—he's gonna pop the question. I can't believe it. Okay, <laughs> I was getting down on one knee. I'm like, uh, <laughs> he's just got a box out of his pocket. Um, <laughs> um, it's actually—it's actually sort of a, a very broad question I'm going to ask you. But I want to talk about the rehearsal process because I know that you've kind of done a couple of shows where you've had two very different experiences. Mm. Um, so let's talk about it because we went through a very, very unique rehearsal process. Boring. <laughs> You say unique. I say boring. So, let's go. Hit me, because you've gone... Obviously, I guess Sunset, Broken Wings, and School of Rock. Three very, very different types yeah, of process. Yeah, so, I mean, Sunset was horrific for me. Um, I It was my first gig. I was very excited to be there. It was There was a lot of prestige around it. It was ENO. It was, a, you know, star lead. It was all of that kind of stuff. Um... When I arrived, it started badly because the whole cast had been warned about the fact that the set was like a million feet in the air and that they should contact, you know, their agent and consider taking the role. And I came in quite late. So I just walked into the ENO studio in West Hampstead and was like, I ain't going up there. But of course I was on onstage swing, so I had to go everywhere. So um, it was, you know, I remember contacting the company manager after the first night being like, I'm, I'm really bad with heights. I'm terrified of heights. I can't go up there. Well, I can go up there, but just don't leave me. There was no exit up there when we were rehearsing. So I was like, just don't, don't leave, leave me, me up there. Yeah. It was like up in the sky next to a bulb, which was about 500 degrees centigrade. You know, we'd be watching Glenn Close sing the same song 5,000 times brilliantly. But I'd be up there for like half an hour, like shaking on this um, scaffold. And it was just dealt with really badly. You know, I was called into a meeting which was shrouded in being supportive, but actually it wasn't. It was like, if you can't go up there, essentially we need to fight you. Yeah. Um, and I just I just found the whole thing gross. Um, I found people's attitudes in the show really odd. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm friends and remain friends, taken friends from that show, but I found it very kind of... It was almost like everybody was slightly judgmental of why everybody else was in there. And I don't know if I was extra sensitive to it because this was a lot of well-seasoned actors who had done lots of stuff and yeah. had been in these E&O projects before. And I'd come in as being like the doctor that was pulled off the street um, who was suddenly in, you know, quite, you know, a, a role that people or a job that people, you know, sort of would deem as quite highly sought after. And I just found the whole environment quite... Um, just unsupportive, unfriendly, toxic. a bit... Yeah, toxic. It was... I don't know what it was. Like, I can't blame the people because I didn't know them well enough. It was a short thing. But the whole place, I just I just went in being like, I don't understand how this is a working environment. Yeah, I think the problem, the problem lies... If, if you don't mind me interjecting, I think the problem lies with, many, many moons ago, how theatre's been brought up into culture. Because I think you've always have to be appreciative of being part of it. Yeah. Um, and then it's always sort of shrouded with that negativity of like, well, you've don't complain because you've because you should be you should be privileged that you're yeah. here. You should be appreciative that you're here. And it's a little bit like yeah, but I still need to work here. I still need to feel comfortable in the moment. But, but I think also because it was the first time I've been involved in such a large scale rehearsal process, I found like the logical part of my brain was like, right, I'm a swing. I need to know everything. But say if somebody went off to use the toilet while they were doing uh, you know a dance number or a scene, and I'd go, can I step in while so and so's in there? And then you'd be told, no, you can't. And I'm like, but 
surely it's better to get your swings as well prepared as possible. And then you'd have these like ridiculous, stupid swing rehearsals where you'd be sitting in a room watching a TV, you know, TV screen of a recording of of the scene, and I'd be like, I can do this at home. Yeah. Like why? Why? If we're not going to actually, if you're not going to put the work in for us to be as prepared as possible, don't have a swing rehearsal. Because then actually what happened was, the first time I went on was for a track I'd never, ever done for anything. And just had to kind of, you know, wing it from watching yeah. from the sides all the time. And I, I just kept thinking like, is this, is this what we call professional? It's also not safe. It's not safe, it's just, it's just, it was just like, you know, I remember, I remember we were rehearsing the ladies playing at some point and one of the guys was, went off, to, had to do something, a costume fitting, in being told that I couldn't stand in for him. And I just sat there and I thought, what like Why? what what is this this is stupid um there was just so much about it that was was i think toxic is the word i i remember my one of my best friends saying to me and she 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 sent me a message actually not long, not sort of long ago saying we met for dinner and i was like a quarter of the person she was like all happiness soul had been drained from your body because there was no support for somebody new coming in there was you're a swing, go and be a swing. And, you know, you've got a dance captain who's leading the swing, who's kind of looking after the swing team, but talking to you like a dancer. And I'm like, there isn't any dance in this show. So when you say to me, what beat do you walk in on? I'm like, I walk in with the other 15 people. Why are we having this conversation? It's like, yeah. it's it just, to me, the whole thing just seemed ridiculous. But also, I think I just learned that I'm not, swinging is not for me. So I have to say, I left that. That's going to get clipped. Swinging, swinging is not, not for me. me. <laughs> hear my, hear my, my uh, car keys clanking in the bowl. Um, and so when I came into uh, School of Rock, I came in with a lot of trepidation. And I remember saying to Bobby, like, I really, I almost need to do another one to understand whether that was weird or this is what it's like. And then it got worse. Well, it didn't get worse because I walked into an environment where I was like, oh, my God, these people feel human. Like, they'll talk and they'll laugh and everybody's not kind of sort of... It felt like everybody was kind of second-guessing who everybody was and it was just a bit odd in my first experience. And maybe, you know that thing where they say if you don't know who the bad person in the room is, it's probably you. Maybe it was me. Maybe I was behaving in a way that was not appropriate. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You'd have yeah, to interview them. You don't know. It, because also, this is the weird thing about our industry is that you're shoved together with a bunch of people. Yeah. And it, and, it was a, and it was a bunch of people like, you know, I, I, I remember I used to spend most of my time with Siobhan Dillon just in yeah. her dressing room, just being like, we really, really get on. And I just kind of feel like this is my people. Yeah. Um, You're my safe place. Yeah. But I mean, there were people that I knew really well, like, you know, Vicky Lee Taylor and people that I got really well with. But just I don't know. I almost kind of want to go back and say, what did I like? What did I do to offend you? Just yeah. felt, but, but maybe oh. in a short production like that people are and this is a long time ago bear yeah. in mind you know 15 years ago no not 15 years, 2000 and something 10 years ago at least um people it's like a very transitional job because you're yeah. you're there for a few months and then off you move to something else so people kind of weren't there to be there they weren't there to invest they were there to get this job done and move on to the next yeah. one whereas for me it was so much more of a big deal because it was my first gig and i kind of wanted to celebrate it and but it actually made me unwell it made me unwell Um, and then obviously, yeah, School of Rock happened and I was like, this is a nicer environment. Um, but it wasn't creatively half as interesting as, as Sunset was because, right. you know, I'm not a dancer. I have the challenge of, you know, Stephen Meir telling me to walk uh, in a routine and, and all those sorts of things. And then when we got to School of Rock, I was like, 
I almost felt, in a way, the creative team weren't really prepared. I, I mean, I remember, I don't know, uh, to be really honest, because there's no point, I remember the, the rehearsal for um, uh, the, fac the faculty quadrille and thinking... Like, what is is this like? Is this how a professional production is put on? I can go on record. I hated that number. It, it was oh a, it was a terrible God. number. Oh Nobody knew God. what to do with it. And I think that first <laughs> rehearsal where they were kind of just like, um, "You're a maths teacher. You're a whatever. Go." And we were like, "What do you mean go? Like this number has nothing to do with us." Or there's it was just a because the whole show. If, if we're talking about School of Rock in particular every time that the adults are on is basically just to give the kids a break. Yeah, but, really, they, but they might as well have just had, like, I don't know, a, a projection of an elevator going up and down, going... <laughs> like, w w you know, it's... it's oh, Don't try and... Don't try and polish a turd. Yeah. And it was, it was yeah. really, like, creatively, it really made me think, like, wow, there are people in this industry who are at the top of their game who creatively still don't know what to do with a piece of theatre... And that was a really big eye opener to me because right. if a if you know if you've got a creative team who are essentially looking to the cast to go, we've done this show thirty times before yeah. in Broadway, etc. This number doesn't work; it's never worked. Make it work, and then by the time it actually opens, it still isn't working. I don't think that's the cast's fault, is what I'll say. Yeah, yeah. And I and I hold no bars with that show because some of the standard of, of of kind of um, creative input was horrific. And therefore, it was very difficult to take some of it seriously, I have to say. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with... I mean, I think, obviously, we've said this before in conversation. It was different for me because I was obviously covering Dewey, who... Really, that was the reason I was there. Yeah. If, it, you know, that was yeah. the only reason I took the job. Um, with the greatest respect not to play, you know, Mr. Williams. Was that his name? What uh, did we play? I just remember it was Jerry Spencer and Williams. Spencer... Spencer Williams. Spencer Probably. Williams. Did it really we matter. just remember as Jerry, and, Jerry Kevin, and Kevin, yeah, which we created, yes, yes, by the way, yes, yes, yes. Jerry was the only name that was in the script, but Kevin was the one that we created. I mean, nothing was in the script for them, <laughs> it was just like it was just words, it was just you saying Jerry, yeah, that was it, it was, uh, yeah. I mean, I just found all of I found, <clears throat> I found as an art, as a kind of creative being on the receiving end of direction and creativity, I found I felt really let down because right. I felt like. It was so, it was so focused on the kids, and we understand why. And it was focused on do we understand why? But a show is only as good as its weakest moments, and the adult scenes were one thousand percent the weakest moments of the show. They were underinvested. Nobody really had any ideas. Nobody knew what to do with them. So, I mean, I think the lowest point for me was that backstage scene where um, we were like at the concert, and then you've got a couple of the adults dressed up as security guards pushing us back with a broom handle. Yeah. And I remember looking at that broom handle and being like, this is the West End. Like, how is this happening? Um, but there it was happening right in front of me. So, yeah, I mean, the, the rehearsal process at the beginning, the first time, was the, the first cast round was fine. But obviously we had rehearsals every, what, three months or six months? I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, I kind of I kind of liked the rehearsal element because I used to get pulled out to do the Dewey stuff. So yeah. it was always good for me. Yeah. But uh, that which is quite selfish. But But realistically in that show I, ju I just felt we were sort of I never really felt like we were a company no and I only felt like we were a company when it came to certain situations which obviously we could well we could delve into but I mean we haven't got enough time but there was a load of situations where we where we were we could have become very united yeah but I think if we're speaking honestly me and you 
we never felt like we, we were fully united. It was it wasn't an environment that was was nurtured. It wasn't an environment where, you know, if I'd been told that I was going to be an extra in a show and I was going to be brought in now and then, and there was kind of going to be very little relationship between me and the creative team, yeah. um, and, and that the director was probably never going to come within a meter of me to say anything, I'd have probably gone, okay, that's what I came in for. But actually, I came into a new show, to a new cast. Um, we didn't really know anything about it other than the Broadway soundtrack. And essentially what we were on the receiving end of was a creative team that had done the show a million times, knew it backwards and kind of wanted us to just do what has done before. And it was shrouded in create something. But when you created something, you were sort of pulled back to what they'd done before anyway. So nothing was born out of it. Nothing was new. Nothing was... we. Even though it was a new show, I didn't feel like we owned it. Although Jerry and Kevin then... I guess as a side effect, yeah, you know, what came out of brought fun, yeah, brought brought something to it. But so much more of that could have been on stage. Yeah. But we were so constantly much more of that was just us, us two messing around. But it was constantly censored, and this isn't what you do, and this is this yeah. is too much, this is not enough, this is blah 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 blah. So it it felt like a very um, mechanical, um, just it 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 didn't feel like a professional environment to me at all. I mean, my, yeah. I mean, my experience with that show was very, very unique in the sense of the way that I was made to feel being the cover. Yeah. And the way that I felt, bar, bar Nick Greenshields, I must admit, because he was my resident. Um, I, I, I just, I never felt like, when, when you're compared, when you're unfairly compared to two actors that have been well rehearsed into a show, and you go on with no rehearsal... And you basically get kind of made to feel like you've not done a good job when the same reaction that you got was... I got the same audience reactions that the other two two gents did. Bearing in mind, those two boys had had rehearsal and I hadn't. It just being made to feel like you are not successful but or this not is the helpful. This is the cutthroat, unsaid part of theatre, which is that... In a show when there is a tier system of people playing a lead, even even at in an ensemble level, there can be swings that come on to play specific roles that for some reason the creative team or the production don't approve of. Yeah. They could be doing something massive, they could literally be walking on with a broom handle. Oh god. Um and that's not communicated. If somebody comes along and says, Do you know what? You are brilliant at what you do. But this is not the way that you do it is not quite how I as a creative had pictured the role. And yes, the beats are hit and whatever. But there can be subtle differences that just mean you're not giving the same energy just because of yeah. who you are, right? You're a very different human being to Alex or a very human different human being to um um David, David or, Gary. or Gary or whoever yeah. or, or Steve. And all of you are just different human beings. Really? So even if you say the same joke or you get the same laughs, the bit that connects the dot is different. The bit that's missing is somebody just having the balls to come up to you and say, this is not, the way you're doing it is not how we pictured it. Yeah. And it, it could be a million reasons, but that's the truth that's not said. For whatever reason, they don't like what... I remember some of the swings coming on covering you. 
there was things of we don't like so and so playing you know the gay dads we don't know whatever play because it just doesn't work you never yeah. told why you just told it doesn't work and you need to be told why one you might be able to make adjustments to make it closer to what they want and two you may be able to just understand a little bit as to i kind of get why the finished project product for them is not the same however when they cast a cover they have a responsibility to the show and to the actor to make sure they're making the right decision so don't do it at the last minute do it when you've cast the show and when you bring in people into the ensemble make sure that you're thinking ahead can that guy is that guy going to be what we want to cover a lead because if they're not don't even put them in the ensemble and give them a cover yeah because ultimately what does it do it means that you have a problem with the show because you're bringing in people randomly halfway through a run as an extra cover it means that you know when people are off in the show you're not happy putting certain people in certain places it just does a disservice to the whole project mm. and then you're calling in people oh could you just say some more lines oh could you do this could you do that five minutes before the show none of that is a is a conducive to a professional environment no. none of that's respectful it's very slapdash isn't it's it? slapdash but also it's stuff that could be prepared for theatre some of the magic of theatre is just fixing things on the moment I get it yeah. but when it happens over and over again and yeah. night after night and night it becomes unacceptable and we as performers are coming in as professionals we're not at the mercy we're not there to we're not there to be subservient we're there to work and we have expectations from our creative team from our producer from our company manager from the show as to how things will be managed how we'll be interacted with the respect for our time the time that you put into learning a massive role none of that was there in School of Rock no. and I and I don't say that apologetically because things don't change unless people understand that it's not a appropriate way, way of working I don't know if it's something that's innate to that group of people or to that company or how they produce shows and every show is different yeah like every show is different every show can have the same team yeah but can be treated differently yeah and I think th that was the one thing on that show in particular that for me was there was just no support yeah there was no support and we went through quite a lot. We went uh, through a huge a amount that, a we, can't, that, that we can't talk about. Yeah. That we can say was actually it was, it really, was really significant. It was, it was and damaging. really, and really, pardon me, really, um, actually, like, his, like if, it, if, if we could say exactly what happened, would probably be a moment in theatrical history. Yeah, people would, I don't think, I don't think, well, <laughs> you know, me, I mean, a show, I mean, what, what is pretty, pretty simple is a show that followed in there pretty much had very similar experiences to what we had yeah and the, the thing was because i think because of covid was very well documented because of the situation that the world was going through yeah whereas actually there was very similar things that we were going through yeah that weren't as documented yeah because you're very because you're made to feel scared that you can't say anything yeah but, you're, but when you do say something to the right people nothing is done but also, um, one in this business must one, one one must have pride in the fact that you must not. I don't want to work for that employer again because I yeah. did not have a good environment. It, it was it was a bad working environment. It was a bad creative environment, and it was um, it was a place I don't want to go back to. Yeah, because why would I? For the mercy of what? But but also what's I think what's quite upsetting about these situations is it's very easy to, to, to look at two actors and be like oh they they just didn't have a good time because they're this or they're entitled or whatever and actually it's like no a, a lot of us didn't have a good time yeah if people were really honest about their experiences on certain shows that they've been on 
there's sometimes you've gone that was actually a really bad environment yeah to be in. yeah yeah you look at you look at points of the show like you look at like us having a really good laugh or some of the cast having a great laugh or for me personally getting to go on a dewey was a was a great thing for me but then it still papers over the cracks of yeah that's not why i was there I wasn't not there to I wasn't there to muck around with you backstage. I mean I was. No. But and and I can there are a few people I'm sure we could interview who would say they had a great time. Yeah, of course. But I I would be honest. I think if I if we brought in most people they would have a grievance as to how things yeah. were done. Yeah, absolutely. Um and I then moved on to Broken Wings and I don't really have any grievances because I was in a show that was creatively interesting. The director was incredible to work with the the respect for storytelling the um just the journey that i had with that show and the things that it opened up to me one proved to me that actually i don't i've done my i've paid my dues with kind of small ensemble stuff which is a really important part of the journey but i should be playing parts right and i should have a song and i should have script and i should be on there part of the actual storytelling rather than part of the wallpaper and that's the bit of theatre that really interests me. Right. Um, and I found having a really good script, which had stuff that I had to work on and understand and be able to bring out. I wasn't trying to make something of nothing, which is basically what happened in School of Rock. It was generally a rubbish script. And yeah. you're trying to find something that just wasn't there and layering stuff on it wasn't going to work. I mean, I think it was a lot of energy was obviously clearly focused on the the kids and whatever but they also had a film to draw moments from yeah the gimmick the gimmick of the gimmick the, the gimmick was, was there was it was it was it was there and we had amazingly talented kids and also we had people like yourself and david etc who brought in these comedy moments that weren't there and innately you just have these comedy skills and they were brought in whereas with 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 um broken wings it was being part of exactly the kind of theater that i like to go and see which might not be the kind of theatre that everybody wants to go and see. But I can tell you, being you know at um, the, the Theatre Royal on Drury Lane and sitting there and seeing such a diverse audience and having three rows of, of you know, um, audience members wearing the hijab who are seeing a story that they understand and that's yeah. never been told and relates to them and was so much more magic than just doing a mega mix and having the audience clapping along to Night Fever for me right it just there's nothing wrong with that no there's nothing wrong with that at all but you know what i mean it was it's just not what gives me a kick yeah yeah of course course there's nothing wrong with that but it it was really obviously there was me going into sunset completely naive being like whoa so is this what happens to me going into school of rock and being like actually there are really nice people in the world but oh is this how a creative process works when you're at the top of the game um and do people really not know how to communicate with you to, to make adjustments? And uh, that was really odd for me because it was disappointing. Yeah. It was disappointing to go, right, like I'm, my experience, I mean, we've been directed by Lonnie Price before, right? He's a king. He's a, that guy, one thing you can take away from it is that when Lonnie tells you to do something, he's got a reason and there's some magic. Then you, I moved into School of Rock and was like, I mean, what is this? And then went into Broken Wings and was like, oh my God, I've got a director who's an intellectual who can work with really hard, complicated, meaty script who had taken her, I'm talking about Brona Lagan, by the way, who had taken her experience of being from Ireland and, you know, in Sinn Féin and the clashes over there and adopted it to the tensions in the Middle East and had walked in and it was just so well thought through and understood and 
and what she wanted was so clear and her way of communicating it to me was so clear and I felt like free to play and whatever. And don't get me wrong, it was me changing, me developing as an actor, three very different pieces of theatre, but also three very different experiences of the creative process. And all of those things together make up the holistic experience of being in a production. Yeah. Should we leave it there? I think we should leave Our it microphones there. are covered in spit. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, that was basically we'll probably we will probably touch on the rehearsal process in another, I'm sure, in a few a few more sessions yeah. anyway. Um, but thank you so much for listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I've been John Montague. And I have been Martin McCutcheon. <laughs> I'll see you soon. Bye.